Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Oh, it's a new this time. Yeah, I need to like create a button where I can just mute and unmute. <coughs> right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve, and here with us is Kevin. Hey, guys. And first time on the show, Nick Lechner, a.k.a. Nerd Nick. Hey, guys. How's it going? Cool, man. I'm happy we finally got you on the show. Yeah, no, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so this is episode number 33, Designer Series, uh, part two. Okay, so how's everyone's week been? Good. Good? <laughs> All right. Kevin, start us off. Yeah, it was um, It was good. It was up and down a little bit. First off, um, I gotta re- I gotta apologize to our listeners for last week's screw up with the edit. I uh, I brought in the blooper to the editing software that I have, and I forgot to, but I forgot to mute it that track when I mixed everything down. So you guys kind of got like a little preview of the blooper at the beginning. I don't know. So um, I heard that dude, and I just went like all the blood rushed out of my head. I was like, oh crap. Tell me I like overlapped this and we released it and I I don't know if it was the blooper or the whole thing. So I was I was like, oh man, but it was only like the first thirty seconds. So I was like, you know what? And then Chris made me feel a lot better. He was like, you know what, we're all human. <laughs> what are you gonna do? And we're kinda doing this for free, so Yeah. Well, we are no, doing it for free. <laughs> I mean yeah. <laughs> it, it is true. Um I mean it happens. It's not the end of the world. Um No. You know, but it is good that uh, you wrote that little blurb on uh, Facebook, just kinda let everyone know. <laughs> Yeah. That's cool. Um but yeah, so Nick. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, dude, I'm not finished yet, dude. <laughs> I'm so excited about uh this weekend, I man. I know I was totally totally killing your uh <laughs> Yeah, you're crushing my freaking right excitement. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, so dude, we went flying this weekend and I uh, brought a couple of planes and and a couple of helicopters and I've been messing around with terrible pyro flips on the simulator and uh I took the the oxy up and i was kind of doing some sloppy pyros with that and you kind of was like you know why don't you just you know go real quick with the cyclic and you were kind of helping me out and at one point at one point i almost slammed that oxy into the ground remember when i saved it it was like yeah six inches off the ground or a foot off the i don't even know how high it was it was anywhere from six to a foot it was coming down quick (laughs) and you just went boop it popped right back up yeah but um, then I took the the 380 up, and that's when it really started clicking. And you were like, you know, go real fast, like up, over, and down. Instead, I was kind of wiping a little bit too much aileron into my my pyro flips, and uh, it started clicking, man. And I was like, look at this! And mm-hmm. you actually took some video, and I did a real nice one the the second time in the video you took. And uh, man, I'm so freaking happy. I've been doing them on the sim now, and uh, and I've been kind of perfecting them a little bit, doing like two in a row and everything. So nice. um yeah so like I'm I'm psyched I can't wait to go back out and try it again man but <laughs> I put the Uh-oh. 570 up and uh of course I got to try it on the 570 mm-hmm. I've only done like 3 and well <laughs> with the 380 3 or 4 or whatever it was I'm like yeah. I, and I even said to myself you know I got to try this on the 570 <laughs> so I kind of did one sorta and came out of it and as I'm coming out of it, I hear the motor stop. 
you know, you know when you hear that sound, like yeah. coming in and you hit throttle hold. So I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh crap, the motor just cut out, and I figured it lost timing, and I immediately gave it as much negative as I could, and kind of tried to auto it down, and it slammed into the ground. Yeah, I want to say it slammed pretty good, and then flipped over. Yeah, I mean it didn't slam down too hard to break your landing skids or anything like that, or your frame or your bottom plate. All it basically, you know, you came hard enough that, and and a weird angle that you, I think you hit the tail a little bit first. Yeah, and that's why it probably flipped over, like did a front flip. When it yeah, hit yeah, you hit the tail, and then it, it slid the the breakaway landing gears off. It didn't break; it just popped them off, yeah. and then it flipped upside down. You know, looking like uh, someone posted. It looks like a dead bug. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. But I, yeah. didn't break, I didn't even scratch the blades. I mean, they got. I think they got a little dust on them. I didn't break uh-huh. any blades. Your canopy was good, right? The canopy was fine. the The landing gear popped off, but I I snapped the tail fin, you know, in half because that's probably what hit first. Mm-hmm. But it was funny because I just started doing like overspeeds that day, so I was kind of used to like getting up high and then forcing a lot of negative and and having the helicopter come down pretty quick. Right. Yeah. So as soon as I heard that, I figured, okay, you know, the motor lost timing because I bogged it down too much or something. Yeah. And I had to get it down as soon as possible. So it was um I was pretty happy that I actually got it down, you know, in one more or less one piece. Yeah. Yeah. One one in a little piece. <laughs> yeah, so I checked things out on it. Um the main shaft is like so minutely bent. Uh, oh, is it? I was like, you know what, I could probably leave it in here and fly it, but I said, No, I'm just gonna get one. So yeah. you know, I ordered that, the tail fin and uh I think I got a couple of shims because I needed some shims for that thing. So uh, you should have told me I would have had you buy me some shims too because I got a shim my five seventy. Oh well, if I don't yeah. use them, you can use them if I got extras or whatnot. Yeah. Okay. And then I um I worked on my little small SE five. Uh, I repaired that real quick the other night, just messing around because I really like that plane. And I want to get that awesome. up and going again. And that's the version you're gonna actually paint up, right? Yeah, I think so. Nice. I yeah, I, def- I definitely want to do that one up and and like all the little the machine guns and all the little parts mm-hmm. to it. The, you know the, the engine heads and the muffler and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But I I really want to see. I'm I'm glad that Nick's on the show because uh, I got a couple of questions now. Of the stage that I'm in, that plane came from Balsa Plans. I know we'll get into it later, but you know I'd like to, I'd like to get some form of Dollar Tree plans out there in pdf form that i can just make an article and say here if anybody wants to try building this you know cause right. it's a super easy plane to take off and land it's ridiculous how easy it is mm-hmm. it's almost like it, it almost lands itself so uh, you know if i can get it out there to, to people i mean they might have some fun with it because i've had a lot of fun with it yeah it's a great looking plane too you know even at the 47 inch version it's it's pretty nice size it's not you know yeah it's, it's not small size. Right. Yeah, and I I just love the way that thing looks. It looks pretty badass, man. Well, you and your biplanes, man. <laughs> yeah, I just I think that was like the first plane I was telling I was telling a couple of people, you know, it's, it's the first plane that my grandfather and I when we when we talked about airplanes when I was a real young kid was like mm-hmm. the first one I can remember seeing. I think I had a a small Lego biplane and you know, it was just like I was all about the biplanes when I was a little kid, so that's probably where I get it from. Nice. So what have you guys been up to? I don't know who wants to go next. Um, I mean, I could go next, and then we'll have Nick go last. That's fine. 
I flew some helis. You know, we flew on Sunday. Uh, I did a couple of flights on my 210 Hive race quad. Yeah, on the main flight line. Yeah, on the main flight line. Because there's no one there, really, until <laughs> later in the day. So I kind of had the whole... I mean, there are there times... Like, after you left, I mean, everyone left except for the couple of the quad guys on the FPV line. And I was going back to back to back on flights on the helis. To the point where, like, I had to stop because my motor was, like, extremely hot because I never let it cool down. I just wow. landed, put another battery pack in, go out there and do more funnels, do more hurricanes, you know, do more, you know, my little flips and whatever I do. So, um, but then, like, it was, like, two packs. I was like, oh, this thing is scorching hot. I need to let it cool. And it, what was it? It was, like, 104 that day. It was ridiculously hot. On Sunday here in the Northeast, so yeah. When I left, it said 104 in my Jeep. I remember taking a picture. I mean, I got a black Jeep, so it was probably right around 100 degrees. Right, but yeah, that's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, I was flying the quads around, kind of getting used to that. Uh, one thing I noticed, uh, and Anthony pointed out, he's you know, I kept on getting, uh, I guess, brownouts or signal loss. And currently, I have it set up with just a DSMX2 satellite. Right onto the Naze or uh, what am I using? The Lux uh, board yeah. on there? Yeah. The Luminaire Lux. And uh, I didn't know that Spectrum brought this out, but there's a full range DSMX sat now out. So it has one short antenna or one really long antenna, kind of like the, um, I think it's the AR6210 that yeah, has yeah. it like that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's about 50 bucks. So I'm, I'm going to probably try to get one of those and try that out. Because I mean it was cool. I was having fun with it, but you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm, you know, on the goggles. I'm, I'm spinning around, and I'm, and I just like, oh, I fell out of the air. I don't know why. I had no control, you know. So one of the times I crashed, it was, it took me, Anthony, Rich was flying his quad around looking for it, and um, I think his name was Miguel. It, it took probably a good twenty, thirty minutes walking that main, you know, flight line. But it, it's so right to feel. Just kind of going back and forth and not having a spotter, not knowing where it went down. Just kind of like, all right, last thing I saw was this middle of the field. So, you know, kind of start from nothing. But, um, but yeah, I found it and it's all good. Nice. Uh, besides that, uh, actually last night, I stayed up to like 1.30 a.m. On a school night? On a, on a school night, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me being who I am and how I am with, you know, building and, you know, just fiddling with this hobby – um, I don't know. It was like 12, 12, 10. I'm like, I'm going to cut out a sparrow. Oh, <laughs> and that's sparrow. I got the brown, you know, the water resistant foam from you. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. So, um, you know, I, about 1230, I'm like, okay, I got the airframe done. I got to go to sleep. So the airframe is done. I just got to do the electronics. And uh, I think that's it. Really? Yeah, just electronics. Did you get a chance to fly that thing? Like the, the one they had at, at NEF? No, I never flew it at NEF. I never flew it at FlyFest this year. Um, but I, I love the way it sounds. I love those little pushes with the quad motors, man. They just yeah. scream through the air, you know. It's so cool. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to to get your take on it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I have tons of quad motors from all my failed quad, you know, ventures. So um, I figure, why not? Let's build one. Nick, how's your week been? Pretty good. Um, I haven't got to fly much since Flight Fest. Just been busy with work and, and the family and everything. But I've I've been doing a little bit of different design work and um, some you know a little bit of testing here and there, but not, not nothing flying yet. Okay. But 
Um, I like to keep a lot of different projects running at once because yeah. I can usually sneak away and, and, you know, work on the computer for a bit to get, you know, something accomplished whenever, you know, in the evening or whatever, but getting, getting all the tools out and actually building is a little harder, to, um, you know, most right. of the time. So, so nice. yeah, just, just some design work and, and, um, getting ready to fly. I'd like to go maybe the next couple of days, but it's been really hot here. So really, unless I go super early in the morning, it, it's not really feasible because it's just too too much <laughs> yeah no i hear you and nick you're in you're in arizona are you no I, I just moved to austin texas actually oh wow yeah so it's been over over 100 um the last couple weeks wow um and pretty pretty high humidity so it's it's kind of the awful kind of heat but <laughs> yeah yeah that's how it is out here yeah in jersey mm-hmm. too yeah uh nick so is one of your projects that that little teaser video I saw, I think on Facebook, it was uh, you chucking a, a little shuttle. Yeah, that's that is one that's in the works. It's a, a space shuttle. Yeah, nice, on. nice, cool, awesome. And that's gonna be RC, right? I mean, you're gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be uh, EDF. I'm gonna run. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna start with like probably a 55 or so. I want it to be pretty light, uh, honestly. Um, uh-huh. I think it would be it, as awesome as it would be to show up at your field with like this 100-mile-an-hour shuttle. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I want to start light because the wing loading on the thing is already pretty – for an RC, it's, it's totally suboptimal. So I think yeah. I want to see how, how it flies you know, as, as a lighter build and then go up from there if it can handle it. Right, um, right. Yeah, space shuttle, I mean, if you look at the design, it's a big fuselage with very small wings. It's, yes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, that's awesome, though. Will that be like the Vigan, where you have the intakes on the front and like a tube, more or less? Yeah. So it'll have it'll have a, a thrust tube and everything for the the EDF. So so it's going to be not a super scale design because the you know the, the scale shuttle has three you know mm-hmm. um, right. turb- not turbines but three you boosters. know yeah. boosters coming out of the back. So it'll have those in, in place, but there'll be a hole in the middle for the for the exit, you know, thrust tube. And then I'm going to design some semi hidden intake. So it won't just be like a hole in the side or the nose or anything. It'll be kind of scoops that go in, but yeah, it won't be, it won't be scale obviously, but it'll, it'll give the EDF enough air to, to get it moving. That'll be wild, man. Nice. Awesome. All right. So why don't we just go right into the main topic here? Since we're already talking about some of your design stuff. I mean, first for our listeners that might not know you, uh, you want to just kind of, Tell us some stuff about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I um, let's see. I've I've been in the hobby for just over two years now. Actually, um, wow. I I started with RC totally fresh. I hadn't I didn't have any you know experience with cars or anything. I kind of did it all at once. I bought my own little car kit and I started the plane building at the, at the same time about two years ago. And I really just fell in love with with flight you know, a long time ago, but never had the money or the time or, you know, uh, the commitment really to get into the gasser, you know, uh-huh. kind of scene. And so when I found flight test and saw that you could buy the materials so cheap and the, I love the you know DIY aspect of it where you didn't have to go spend a bunch of money on some other product, right? You could just buy the, the electronics and then do the airframe yourself was really right. appealing. So I kind of just jumped in. I built a couple planes before I'd even flown or done a sim or anything. I just said I want to do this and I, I you know head first jumped in and I've, I've kind of been on a on a journey to just continually challenge myself um, I, I learned to fly really quickly like it was honestly less than 24 hours from when I did a sim to when I was flying my plane and, and being successful at it and so I, I quickly kind of um, grasped all the RC stuff it just made sense all the, all the plane dynamics and mm-hmm. I went from 
you know, flying a, a, a flight test model to doing my own design within six months of starting the hobby. Wow. Uh, because I just, I wanted to do something different, right? I wanted to do something new and, mm-hmm. and it was a new challenge, right? I wanted to learn the design aspect because once you can fly and not that it was boring, but it just, I need, I wanted something more, right? So I kind of got into the design side and there really isn't anyone else doing Dollar Tree foam board designs. And so with that, there's, there's no information on how to do this, right? So yeah. figuring out how to do the design for flat foam, um, as, as much as there's, this has been around, right? People have used Depron and different things. There, there aren't really any resources on how do you design a plane out of this material? So I was just kind of figuring out for myself and, and going through that journey and um, actually, you know, put together a design series um, for anyone else who kind of wants to do the same thing. So on the side of design, you know, if you're looking to learn how to do, you know, the, the basic of the process, then I put together like a six part series that covers, you know, how, how do you do all the individual pieces or, or how do you do the different stages of the design? Oh, awesome. Perfect for Kevin. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that, Kevin, but I think that's going to be your best bet is to kind of reference those videos overall. Um, yeah. So now where I'm at now, I'm really trying to come into my own, uh, my own style. I, I started kind of replicating the flight test style of mm-hmm. my first couple designs were using the same techniques, right? If, if you could build a flight test plane, then you can just build this one because it's the same build techniques. And then I wanted to kind of develop my own, you know, individual, you know, sense of, of, of identity in, in this, in this hobby. And so I kind of went the speed route of designing my, my speed wing that was, you know, really thin, but also very strong, even though it's, you know, made of foam board and to where I'm at now, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, actually, I, I'm t- I'm working on a new design technique, and once I, once I can finish that, and, and the, the shuttle is using that new technique, and and a couple of other designs, I've kind of teased my my little F86 and everything. They're using this new design t- technique that will actually be more similar to like the balsa or or older um, kind of wrapping technique where you you're using formers and you're using, um, you know, bare foam to wrap versus using like A folds and B folds. So mm-hmm. once I once I kind of finish that technique. I'll, I'll kind of be in my own the, the nerd nick build style it won't be you know it won't be anything like the flight test style it'll kind of be its own thing and that's kind of the direction i'm trying to go just to continue to challenge and give you guys something new to do right people yeah. are looking for you know new build challenges and everything and so this is kind of what i'm hoping to offer to that anyone who's ready to kind of you know um leave their comfort zone or, or try something different then hopefully i'll have a model that you know excites you and yeah definitely nice that's interesting because the the middle stick, the Dollar Tree version of the ugly stick, they have the similar where there's uh, wing formers that are kind of like the old balsa style. Not a lot mm-hmm. of them, but a few. And then you kind of roll the or wrap the that in uh, the Dollar Tree. It's actually a different, like you said, it's a different technique. It has its ups and downs, but uh, you get more of a symmetrical wing. Yeah. And uh, it looks more like... I, and I, I'm I'm kind of seeing that in the the giant SE5 that I built. Uh, I'm kind of tired of um, taping the two pieces together when it gets a bit larger than one sheet, and then having to run a bead of hot glue down the <laughs> middle. So I was thinking, you know, if I read, I'm going to have to redesign the wings because I had problems with the 3D printed stuff and all that. I was thinking of doing that, maybe making formers, and then starting the one sheet that will wrap the leading edge in the middle of that sheet sheet and then mm-hmm. you know glue the other two pieces together uh, you know on top and bottom and just finish the rest of the sure. wing that way okay yeah so that that's awesome Nick I'm interested to to see your your techniques I know you have a few yeah. of them yeah I mean I have some some different you know pictures I posted just about the 
you know, the technique. Really, they're just tests to see, what, does this even work? And now I'm trying mm-hmm. to actually, you know, put electronics in and see, okay, it, it looks nice. Because one of the benefits of the new style is that it's totally scale. You have totally round, you know, shapes. There's no there's no boxes anywhere. There's no curve, or sorry, there's no edges that aren't supposed to be there. So you get a really authentic, you know, scale look. Nice. Um, and, and then the challenge is, though, okay, so how do I make it easy still to build so it's not too cumbersome? And then can it can it is it strong enough? Does it hold up to to a simple crash or whatever? Like all those other things that are super important, because if your model looks really cool, but it doesn't fly well and doesn't handle any kind of hangar rash or crashing, then it's kind of it's it kind of useless in my opinion, right? It's not a, it's not meant to be hung on the wall. It needs to fly and be versatile. So right. I think there's still a lot of testing I have to do, but that's kind of the direction I'm trying to go, you know, overall. So how many planes are you up to now? I know I know of like three that i've seen you do oh uh, that i've designed uh, yeah let's see off the top of my head i think i'm at i've released 11 at this point wow wow i'm really missing out yeah <laughs> but what 11 planes do you have i know you have the the latest is the what the the this really fast one <laughs> and and then 39 is it so the nn chipmunk v2 is is the latest one okay uh that one is my fastest so far and and mainly because i designed a new wing i've, I've kind of you know i've you know for a while now kind of been tweaking the the fold over wing to mm-hmm. to get more speed to get more performance out of it um and and so this is this one has my latest version of, of my speed wing that um, doesn't have any kind of steps like my like the flight test style or or any of my previous designs where you had the very obvious you know rise in the airfoil and you have the flat spot and then you have the decline. It, it's yeah. very smooth, so the transition is nice. nice. Um, and then it's using my my you know um, taper technique where all the trailing edges are 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 you know razor sharp. There's no exposed you know foam or anything, and um, just just gives a really nice sleek you know uh, feel and performance to the to the wing. So that one's yeah really quick. It still flies nice and slow if you want to use the, you know, Power Pack C, you know, kit or, or whatever you have mm-hmm. uh, that, that flies the rest of the flight test models will nice. will work on it as well. And that one actually, this is the first one I have available as a kit. I'm um, I'm working through Laser Toys. Uh, we kind of partnered, and they're they're producing kits for me. So um, that was the first one I released, and it's available now. You can you can purchase that on really? their website. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then nice. I'm going to be releasing my previous designs as well as my new ones that are going to come out through them as well so they'll be they'll be available you know over over the next uh, few months or so i'm trying to get them all rolled out are um, we are we going to see an a10 yeah yeah so i i'll, <laughs> I'll just go i'll go backwards here right so that was okay the chipmunk v2 and then i had the, the little micro tiger moth mm-hmm. um then i had my i call the sonic series p39 which is a like a 25 inch a little bit bigger than the, the flight test minis um, and it uses like the fun fighter motor. So it's real quick. And then I had my, my P 39, um, the a 10, um, I, I had, a my MIG three and my 800 millimeter MIG three that I released. And then I have the original chipmunk and the 800 millimeter chipmunk and then the moth miner and the bucker, uh, BU 180 as my first two that I designed. That's just running through the list going backwards. But yeah, no, I, I've, um, I've, I have those ones, you know, officially released, but then I have, no joke probably 40 plus that are in the works right now that i've been working on wow oh man and they're all at various stages of you know completion but a couple of them are done my p38's done my dlg's pretty much done my uh, ki61 is done i just haven't got the time yet to to produce the content to actually release them okay yeah 
I got a chance to see your chipmunk at Flight Fest up close with the wing yeah. and the way you you're starting to cut the foam and and design the wing, and that looked really impressive. Actually, Nick Simpson po- pointed it out to me. He was like, "You got to check out the build techniques going on over here." So yeah. uh, <laughs> I think it was after you had a little mishap with that. I think right? Did you crash that? <laughs> one? Yeah, on on Thursday night, I was it was towards the end of the day, and it was my last battery, and I was like, you know what? It's getting dark. I can't see very well, and it, and it's pretty crowded in the sky. So I may as well just land because I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit someone, or you know, I'm gonna lose my plane or something, right? So I'm doing my last couple passes, and I'm about you know 20 feet up or whatever, you know, down, you know, kind of kind of in front of me down the runway, and you know when you're flying, especially as you go faster, you're not really looking at your plane. You're kind of leading it because you know where it's gonna go. You're you know you got the input, so you're, yeah. you're kind of following right. it. So I'm going across the runway, and then I don't see my plane anymore. But I hear this loud, you know, impact oh, sound. Boy. So I, you know, I quickly skip my eyes backwards, and I still don't see my plane. I just see plane parts that I can't, I can't identify as as an airplane. And and what happened is I I um I was going you know counterclockwise you know flight pattern or whatever. But there was um there was a I think it was an enlarged scale, like a little bit bigger, maybe 125 percent. Um, flight test dusty coming the opposite direction mm-hmm. and we hit um we like t-boned our wings so the the worst possible um, way you could hit in terms of damage right so so right. we hit and then um the the plane um it, it broke into like six pieces in the air my, my plane did so as i hit this this dusty my plane turns into you know, a tail section, the wing breaks in half on, on the wingtip, the nose breaks in half, and and the pieces just scatter for like 100 feet at least. Oh, and the, the impact was was awesome. I, I really wish we got it on, on camera. No no one did, but there was like probably 20 people watching, and everyone was just, oh, all, all right. at the same time. <laughs> it was an impressive crash where when I looked at and I have a picture of all the damage, but basically looking at all the stuff, it's amazing to think that that'll happen from the from the air, not not from the hitting the ground. Like it just turned into, you know, confetti basically. So it was it was pretty cool, but I was able to do lots of hot glue and some you know barbecue skewers and and some packing tape, and I got it back up in the air wow. later uh, later the next day. So yeah, I thought uh, I saw that flying again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a little bit of hot glue, and you're good, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. So um, why, why don't you go over some of your your specific building techniques? Obviously, yeah. having the flight fest building techniques is a good basis. But now I know with your wings, um, that tapered edge or the trailing edge being all tapered. I mean, how did you even come up with that? Yeah, so I, I started originally um, just kind of tweaking designs that existed like i told you about after about six Mm -hmm. months i had my my first design even before that i was just kind of modifying existing planes so i took like the spitfire and i you know reduced the dihedral or or Mm -hmm. changed how big the tail feather just to kind of see what happens right what 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 do these things even do in terms of flight characteristics trying to understand what's going on there so i made little tweaks here and there to a plane that i knew flew so i could get a kind of a um a base you know understanding of here's what this you know, change does. Right. Okay. So, so I started with that and then I just designed based off of a, a, a real plane. So I took, you know, the, the wingspan and then the fuselage length and the motor thrust angle and how big the tail feathers were. And I kind of just said, this plane flies in real life. So I'm going to bet that it flies as a smaller scale. And I just designed everything proportionally and, you know, gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and then from there the 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 question like yeah what well, what about the wing is so i tried to figure out then okay so the flight test style wing which has um you know a, a fold over and then the trailing edge is is exposed right where the mm-hmm. top the top sheet of foam just kind of ends and the bottom sheet of foam ends you know a few inches earlier and there's kind of a gap between the two right. and in some of their designs it's it like the spitfire there's a large spacer between the top and bottom wing yeah so it's almost like the plane has flaps right where mm-hmm. there's there's a, a a large gap, and it looks like it should have flaps in terms of the design, right? Right. And so I I, I just wanted to see, okay, so I, I I can design a wing, and I understand, you know, kind of if I change this or that, what happens? How do I make it go faster now? Like how how do I get more performance out of it or get a different feel? Mm-hmm. And w- one of the main things I wanted to accomplish was to to remove that Dollar Tree foam board feel. And and what I mean by that is, if you let off the gas on a, on a Dollar Tree foam board airplane. It's almost as if you have air brakes installed, where the plane will just quickly come to a, a near stop and then you know start to start to decline. Um, mm-hmm. Has a very draggy feel to it, and I didn't like that because if you're going fast and you wanted to do a climb or some kind of stall maneuver or do any of the aerobatics that require you to have kind of a, a penetration type you know plane, it just didn't work. So right. the, the plane would kind of get caught in the air and it would just kind of tumble and do you weird things. So I wanted to get rid of that behavior, and, and I figured the draggiest part on the plane, at least based on that design, is the wing because of that trailing edge, the way it's designed, and, and the wing tips too, with the big undercamber you know, right. kind of scoops there. So I I sought to clean that up. So I took I took a normal um, Spitfire wing. I cut off the the wing tips that for the first time I did this, and it was like the most you know janky clipped wing Spitfire because it was like half cord, like it was clipped so much because of how you know how how much under cameras on that wing, but I wanted to see if can I can I figure out a way to close up the wing tips and can I figure out a way to make the trailing edge meet yeah. so that it's you know it's clean. And so that was just kind of a trial process of understanding, you know, how much um, uh, extra foam do you need on the bottom? How how do you score the foam on on the wing tips to you know be able to you know meet them properly and then with the trailing edge? Mm-hmm. It was really you know the, the the process I came up with immediately was how do you bevel it enough. Or yeah. sand it down enough so that they meet properly, because you, you, there's a certain amount you have to, to sand or to bevel it, um, so that the, the airfoil keeps its natural, you know, curve and everything. Right. And so, what I do is I, I essentially set a marker line of how far away from the trailing edge you need to bevel, and then you bevel from that line down to the trailing edge at a at a gradual angle, so it goes from being you know, the full sheet of foam thickness down to just the paper. Like by the trailing edge, it's, it's you're down to the paper. And, you know, I, I designed, you know, j- just on, I just cut out the wing and I basically hacked it up. Like I didn't do it on the computer or anything for this one. I just kind of hacked mm-hmm. it up and figured, can I do this? And it, it flew really well, actually. The plane, even though it was super stubby, it, it had, you know, had it had that feel that I was looking for when you let off the throttle, it kept going, you know, or if you, if you did a maneuver, it would carry its weight. It didn't, start to flutter or, or, or kind of get caught in the wind. You know, it had that penetration feel that I wanted, nice. even though it was, it was still a light plane, right? It was still a very light plane, but the wing made a big difference there. So, so that was kind of the beginning of thinking, okay, I can make a better wing. Now yeah. the question is, you know, can I make it thinner? Because that's how you're going to go faster. You need less drag, less lift. And, and if I make it thinner, how do I make it stronger too? Because, you know, less less spar means weaker, right? And 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 you can't, you know, you can't add a bunch of weight to a, a airplane, especially made out of foam, right? You need you need to think about how do you keep this thing light and strong is kind of your your constant question. What I'm designing, at least, is not mm-hmm. 
it's not can it fly, it's how do I make it fly the best that it can. And 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 part of that is, you know, how do you keep it strong and light, you know, at the same time. And so that's where I came up with the the speed wing essentially where you have um a very thin, you know, very, very thin wing. So just for reference, my the MIG three wing is only three sheets of foam thick. Um, wow. Wow. So that that's very tiny, right? A standard flight test uh, wing like the Spitfire would be, I think, closer to like six or seven sheets thick. Just off the top of my head, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. at the, at the much thick point, right? Much thicker. So taking you know that idea of how can I make this wing really thin and strong, I I developed um, this spar method that uses a, a flat piece of aluminum that stood on its side, so it's like an I beam, um, and and basically you take a piece of aluminum that's uh, half an inch tall. That's where the three sheets of foam come from because that's mm-hmm. like the thinnest I could get the aluminum while it still felt strong enough. And actually, I probably could go thinner, and I'll, I'll kind of explain why I think that. But but yeah, so it's a half an inch tall, on its on standing up on edge. So it's so that's the thickness of the wing, and then it's only one sixteenth inch thick. So very thin aluminum, and it's very floppy. If you picked it up, you can swing it around, and and it and it, it it looks like it couldn't hold its own weight. You know, it's it's drooping right. that much. But on its side, um, it's it's a lot stronger. And then I, I embed it into the foam. So the bottom layer of the, the wing, the um, spar sits embedded in it. And then um, it sits embedded also in the top part of the wing. So once you do that, the the spar cannot bend in any direction. It's very rigid at that point. It has a lot of support from the glue and the foam and everything. And and a wing that weighs you know 200 grams with this this aluminum spar, 40 inches. Um, can hold like 70 pounds at its at its center, um, wow. which wow. I don't even know how many G's that is. But it's 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 not actually possible to break the wing flying. Like you you can't do it because of how strong it is. And I've I've flown the Mig three at 1500 grams, so over over three pounds, at 120 miles an hour straight down and given it full elevator, and the wing doesn't even move. Um, so so it's, it's not it's not possible to damage the wing in the air. So you have a platform now of you can fly however you want. Nothing's off limits and it and the, the plane can take it. Um and, and I really I was, you know, very happy when I came up with that design and, and that it worked so well because that really opened the door to not just make a plane feel better and fly better, but really we're now I'm trying to figure out well which motor do I need? What what battery do I need? How do I make this thing go faster? Because it can take it. I just need the best electronics now to see how far I can push it. Um so yeah, so, so I think that that was one of the defining points uh, for my designs was the Speedwing and and kind of what that opened up in terms of wh- what's possible now with these designs and kind of which direction you can go um, because it, it's really there's I'm not held back by any any um, what's the like a, any um, material limitations at this point right it's very light it's very strong you know what, what do you want to do is is the question nice. Right. So when you wow. took the original Spitfire and closed in that bottom piece and maybe the side pieces, did, what was the what was the difference? Just it carried its weight, it flew better when you, yeah, when so you cut it, the it throttle. Was, it was faster, so right away it, it felt quicker. Um, I, I got a little bit of a, a penalty on on stall speed, so you had to fly a little faster. It wasn't that bad, but that wing was like I said, kind of hacked together, and, and it was literally half core, you know, half wingspan because of the wingtips were all cut off. Mm-hmm. So that one, really, I was just trying to see. You know, will it fly faster? Will it carry its weight better um, and have that kind of penetration feel versus the the standard Spitfire? And so, you know, as as a as a you know simple test, those are really my only two goals. You know, essentially, and and with that one, I put um, the same aluminum spar, 
but I just sandwiched it inside of the FT spar. Okay. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't embedded. It wasn't, you know, I hadn't designed the new wing yet. It was just, I was using aluminum because it was strong and cheap, right? I didn't, I didn't know I could push it as far as I could, but I just knew it wasn't going to break. Mm -hmm. And it was easy to, to get the right dihedral with, with the way I cut the spar and bend it versus using like a dowel or whatever. Cause realistically a, a carbon fiber tube or, or even like a wood dowel is strong enough for our planes, but it's hard to set dihedral and, and really um, make something repeatable with those materials. Right. And that, that was something too that I've tried to focus on with my designs is like I can build it and hack it together, but can I give you the plans and have you do the same thing? Mm -hmm. Because when you're when you're talking about trying to design performance planes or planes that go you know 100 plus miles an hour, a small deviation in the way you build one side of the wing or a small deviation in is your tail feathers crooked or something can ultimately cause the plane to totally crash right or or destroy itself in the air um, at at that kind of you know speed and those those kind of forces so. So me being able to say, yep, Kevin, you know, you can build this plane too. And I, I trust that the plane will, will handle whatever you do to it. I need to make that, that, you know, strength, that, that process repeatable. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so the aluminum fit the bill there, right? It's cheap. It's very strong. And it's something that you can repeat easily with, with the way. And, and essentially what I do is I take the spar, it's just a straight, you know, piece of metal and I cut in the center uh, about halfway down. So if it's a half inch thick, you know, I'll cut a quarter inch down and then you just bend it. So I'm using like a hacksaw to cut the cut the spar. And then you bend it until the hacksaw cut closes. And at that point you're left with about five um five to seven degrees of dihedral um every time. So oh, so you awesome. get a, a, a very you know repeatable shape uh in, in the aluminum and it, it really just depends on how thick your blade is on your hacksaw, which is that's pretty standard, right? Just for a, yeah. a low special, you know. So mm-hmm. Do you also do any modifications to your tail, like so you don't create too much drag and having like, you know, yeah. a box tail or whatever? Is it a single layer still? And so I used to do single layer. That's how the MIG is currently designed, and it works. Um, it's very draggy though because it's just a flat piece of foam, right? And sadly, it warps over time. Yeah. you know, humidity, whatever, it starts to warp, and and especially on the MIG, it makes a big difference because the tail is huge and it's very short coupled, so. It's kind of a finicky plane if, if the tail's not right. Mm -hmm. And that one, as it warps, it starts to like corkscrew and it, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, so so to, get, to to fix that, right? So I didn't realize that at the time. And over, over you know, the course of over that year, I realized, all right, this design is, it's fine, but it's not, not the best. It could be better, right? So I, I came up with the, the tail feathers technique I use now, which is similar to the wing, right, where where you have a lot of beveling to make the trailing edges and the wing, or sorry, the 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 tips, you know, nice and 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 sharp, mm -hmm. um, and and it's basically two layers of foam and it folds over like a wing, except there isn't a spar in the middle. There's just an embedded barbecue skewer, so okay. it's flush with with the bottom layer, but yeah, the, the top folds over and you have you know f score cuts and and bevels just like my wings, and you end up with a really sleek, very strong, um, you know, two layer thick tail feather uh, or like horizontal stabilizer that you, mm -hmm. you know or, or vertical both, both of them use the same technique okay and that makes a big difference too with with again that carry and penetration power um and also one of the really cool things if you you know do the speed wing and the tail feathers with with my techniques like on the chipmunk build the, the v2 that is released um if you if you go fast enough and, and you can do this with the c-pack doesn't have to be a super fast motor if you you know full throttle and then cut cut the throttle you can hear the plane make that 
you know, kind of ripping through the air sound. Really? Because it's, nice. it's very aerodynamic at that point. The wing is clean. The tail feathers are clean. So you kind of hear that whistle that you would hear off of a, you know, a hotliner or something. You know, and, and this is a Dollar Tree foam board airplane that's doing that. So wow. Wow, that's awesome. That's something I wanted to – yeah, I was just going to ask about the elevator because all of my flight test planes, at one point or another, they start to twist. And yeah. I, I still keep flying them, and I know, yeah, it's it's not going to loop as as it should, and you know, it gets a little gets a little off kilter there, you know. But uh, that's that. I got to check that technique out because mm-hmm. I would love to fix that on on like the FT Mustang. I have I have an FT Mustang with tail wheel on it, and I love it. It's a great plane, but that's one of the things that's starting to happen on that. It's starting to twist. Check out the build video I have for the the Shipmunk V2, and you can see how I you know how I do that process. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that at at Flight Fest too. The your the elevator you had on that, but I didn't know that you were doing all that inside and and the the score cuts and all that. So yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, do you have any other special techniques? I mean, do you guys do you use power pods? Uh, power pods. So, uh, yeah, I do. Um, I don't use this the flight test one anymore. Um, okay. I, I, I love I love the idea of being swappable, and so I still design my planes around that. And I, I use a pod. I don't generally swap it uh, very much because I only really have like three or four planes maybe at a time because mm-hmm. I retire them or they you know I crash them or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no. So I, the planes are I use you know the the flight test you know power pod holes and everything, but. The difference on my my power pods just for strength is I use a totally different firewall. I don't use uh, wood at all. Um, wood breaks really easily, especially mm-hmm. if you catch a prop or something. And I'm running um, a much heavier motor. My motor is like almost 200 grams, and my prop's like a 1010. So if it okay. strikes the ground, those those wood firewalls will just snap. Yeah. Um, so so I run uh, it, it's a, a a piece of ABS plastic. That's pretty pretty thick, um, very durable. I've actually never broken one, even if, if I've piled, you know, drove in the plane to the ground. Really? Huh. The firewall doesn't break; <laughs> it just smashes up the pod and the foam. But the firewall survives at that point. So so it's pretty light and and it works, you know, works well. Um, and I actually bolt the motor on. I don't use the screws. I use some Lowe's, you know, um, small, uh, uh, you know, nut and bolt to to mm-hmm. adhere or, or or fix the motor to the, the firewall, and then. The actual pot itself, uh, I don't use the the flight tests. You know, two two skewers sticking out of the nose. Yeah, I just yeah. run two um, skewers through the fuselage and through the the power pod, um, and then I'll, I'll reinforce that with some either thin you know wood or or some plastic, so that the the skewers don't rip the foam or anything. And that seems to be good enough to to hold the motor. I've never had a problem at that point. And most of the time, if I crash. The, the skewers will break because of the reinforcement on, on the holes in the power pod and the fuselage. Okay. But the pod itself just has a couple crinkles. It doesn't like destroy. So it seems to work pretty good. Oh, Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I usually just glue my power pods in. I don't even I'm, – yeah, I'm done with the swappable. <laughs> you know, just glue them no, right it's in. A, no skewers. It's a good thing fine. to do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as my planes start to get – they get – you know, as they get soft – I'll, yeah. I'll I'll throw some glue in there too to help out just to keep yeah. it nice and nice and sturdy. So so with your firewall, do you cut out like I mean, how do you cut that out? Do you do you have a you know send to a shop to get CNC'd, or do you just kind of cut out a square or a little rectangle piece out of you know ABS and it's kind of yeah, I just cut it. I mean, I measure right. I measure the hole, and I, I used to do it with my my blade, my my box cutter blade, um, but I upgraded to having a little 
um, a little hand dremel that I use now that, that'll cut through it. But yeah, you can do it with, with a box cutter. It just takes, you know, 20 or 30, 100 swipes and then yeah. you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried that with, a, uh, with not acrylic, Lexan. Oh my god! It it was just like swipe. Come on! Oh, I messed up. I went a little too to the right or left. Yeah. Um, yeah. My jigsaw worked good for Lexan though. Yeah, yeah. Would that work, Nick? Would uh, Lexan work? Yeah. Because that you can get no, it would, like, cheap from home. As long people. as it's thick enough. Yeah. It's just, and I don't know what what size it comes in. What you want to figure out is, does it shatter or not? If 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 you bend it and it shatters, you don't want to use it. Okay. You want it just to bend and take the bend because in that case the worst you know worst thing that happens is you hit the ground and it maybe misshapes a little bit um but like i said it's going to be way stronger than your foam so the damage is going to be transferred to the you know your airframe essentially and and that i mean maybe you don't like that maybe you want your motor to fall off because it saves your airframe but i think for for me with having the heavier motors and everything it's just not feasible to run something that's not as strong um even if it does transfer that energy to your to your airframe you know right nice cool uh, do you have any other building techniques that are more specific just for your planes? Not, no, I don't want to go into the new one I'm working on just yet. Not until I can, because I don't know if it's actually going to work or not. Um, so I'll, I'll, maybe we can revisit that at a later time. But I, I know, I think Kevin, you had a question about um, do I start, you know, do I start my design on paper or do I build it first or do I do the computer first or whatever? You know, where do I kind of start there? And I wanted to touch on that a little bit because at least for me, um, the 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 process that I use now, I can design a plane on the computer that will be about 90% there having never built it. So I could send you wow. a set of plans that I'd never built just from, you know, knowing what works and what doesn't work. Uh, now, now, the airframe may need to be tweaked, right? I mean, the flight characters may be bad or something. You may need to adjust right. something. But but right. ultimately, the it's going to build acceptable and you could probably fly it, you know, with, with minor tweaks from, from a first round draft at this point. So I do all my all my design work up front. I pick the plane, you know. I, I find a, my good reference images or whatever research I'm going to do, and I just go to town. And for, for um, a plane like let's just say like a Mustang or something or or the Chipmunk, I can have it from idea to first round plans in about four hours. Wow! Uh, where you could, you could, like I said, you could probably build it and it would work. Um, and then wow. it's just a process of refining, right? Then I have to build it and tweak it. And mm-hmm. that process can take a bit depending on how it flies or what, maybe I build it and I don't like how it, and I, it, it looked or whatever. I want to tweak something uh, or I think, you know, now that I see the tail feathers are too small, so I need to enlarge them. So, so that whole process can take a little bit depending on how much build time I have or how much help I have. That's something that um, I've tried to do recently, especially with um, uh, he goes by Jay-Z on the forums, but it's John Zach um, on the Facebook group and on the forums and everything. I'll, I'll send him a set of design or a set of plans. And then I ask him, Hey, can you build this? And then tell me if there are any bugs or whatever. And, you know, a week later he sends me a list of all the changes that he had to do. I, I fixed those in the plans and now, I can build it and I don't have to work out those bugs. I can just focus on, you know, does it fly right? Does it, does it build how I want it to, all those things. And so it saves me a lot of time having nice. you know, his help and, and other people that have helped contribute ideas and everything. So yeah, it's like open sourcing your plans. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so that's, I kind of run through it that way. And ultimately it's, it's just a, a tweaking process, right? Every plane's going to be different and every plane it's going to fly different. So sometimes you have to you know, make adjustments uh, based on you know how it flies. And, and all that stuff is really – it's all just off the cuff. Like I don't have any training or any any kind of aerodynamic experience. Um, right. it's, it's just uh, let's try and see what happens. And okay. you 
you kind of build up a, a you know kind of your own knowledge base of here's what works here's what doesn't work and and you kind of just go from there um so i don't i can't speak to any specifics like if you asked me about you know how do you you know changing changing the washout by two degrees will will change what about the plane i'm like i don't know I don't, I, let's figure it out and then we'll see if it's good or not you know <laughs> yeah but, right no you did it the right way i mean you trial and error try it out and see what happens yeah i yeah. think well the, the, this se5 is the first scratch built that i've done uh from like balsa plans from the old school they're old school balsa plans they were from like a one channel so uh the elevator was huge I, my what i had to do was add to the rudder cut down on the elevator i had to get some kind of thrust angle on it so I was glad to build the small one first before I built the giant one. But now that I at this stage with the small one, and I say small, it's 47 inches, it, it'd be cool <laughs> to, you know, get it out there for other people. That's why I was asking, you know, like, how would yeah. I how would you how would you go about taking something like that yeah. now and 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 getting, you know, PDF plans out of that? So if you if you have it already built um, you can reverse engineer it pretty well, like where if you have all the measurements, and that's actually not a hard process, assuming you know how to use SketchUp or Illustrator or or um, yeah, I'm pretty good. You can with even the use Inkscape stuff. or whatever. Um, if you know that program well, then reverse engineering is pretty straightforward. Um, if you have the measurements, I, I was when I was at Flight Fest, um, there was this kid who was flying this little tiny. Um, uh, little zippy plane that was using like a 1804, you know, and a speed prop. It was a little quad motor, mm -hmm. but it was a little 20 inch plane that he had taken all the foam or the paper off the foam and, and wrapped it in this covering tape. And this thing was zipping around, super aerobatic, super fun. And I went up to him, I was like, Hey man, this plane is so cool. It was like drawing a crowd. Everyone loved it. I asked him, you know, do you have plans for this? You know, how, how I want to build one. Where do I find you know the information? He's like, no, I don't, I don't have any plans or anything. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I he let me fly and everything. I came back a little bit later and I asked him, so, you know, do you not have plans because you don't, you know, no, you don't know how to make them or you don't have the ability to make them or what? Because like people want this plane. Like everyone's yeah. you're drawing a crowd, man. Like let's talk about this. And he's like, yeah, I don't know how to make the plans. Like I don't have the, you know, I don't know how to use the program. So I said, you know what? Let's do this. Like it's flight fest. We're here. Let's meet tonight. Let's let's design this plane. We'll, we'll make some plans because you already have it built. You've already tested it. Just give me all the measurements and we'll design this plane. We'll put it onto plans, you know. And so we sat there, you know, for a couple hours and I sent him the PDF. He's got the plans now. He's going to share them with everyone. And, oh, that's awesome. And so, if, you know, if you have those measurements, like you can sit down and, and kind of run through it um, pr pretty easy. I think the, the bigger thing is kind of knowing the, the, the foam more than anything, right? Knowing how to make the channels, knowing what happens mm -hmm. when you fold it from a, uh, you know, taking it from 2D to 3D. And I think if, if you have the experience building the planes already, then it, it'll make sense to you. But um, like I was saying earlier, I, I would highly recommend watching my design series if you have a couple hours because it'll it'll walk you through kind of some of the things to make sure you account for. But yeah, if you have it built, like it would, it would be... Um, I think you're in a good place to turn that into plans for sure. Um, at this point, it's just know, you know, knowing the tools is where you are at the right now. Nice. Do you use awesome. SketchUp for your designing, or do you use another program? So I started with Photoshop, which is the least ideal designing program you could ever use for right. airplanes. Um, I I use that because I just had experience with it doing photo work for my you know my past. Mm -hmm. I have since moved to using Illustrator. Which, while still not ideal because it's 2D and, and you don't have any frame of reference for, for, for the thickness of your material other than you just right. have your knowledge of it, 
um, or, or what it looks like built, right? You're just, you're guessing. <laughs> um, right. But it, it, it's, it's vector-based, so you don't have to deal with, you know, redrawing lines. You can just stretch and move them. And it transfers, and, and the reason I learned it, Illustrator was because I needed to learn how to do vector plans because I started to do work with a plotter and the CNC stuff and everything. And you can't you can't plot uh, vector. I'm sorry, uh, raster plans. Yeah. Which if you're if you're not in the design world, basically it's like a raster with like a JPEG image. It's like a photo, and then uh, a vector is 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 like a line and plot type idea where it's just coordinates and and you can computerize it and and you know use a CNC or a plotter or a laser cutter with those type of plans. So mm-hmm. so I, I was kind of forced into it because. I needed. To, I was going that route, and I needed to be able to, you know, use my plan. So I learned Illustrator, and that's been awesome. It saves me a lot of time now, and I really enjoy, you know, the design process a lot more now that I'm using using that. But I would love to get into a CAD program because I think that would make it even easier ultimately once I can learn that tool to to do the design work. So, I think one of the guys uh, early on on flight test. Uh, uh, Ultra Micro, or um, I forget what his name. A couple. One, there was like three guys that were doing a lot of uh, different, you know, building kind of like yourself, like building different models. And and uh, one guy had like a seven part series on on SketchUp, and it walked you through yeah. how to start the plane. And as I think the biggest problem is people have an idea they want to build this plane, um, but they don't know how to you know get the blueprints into SketchUp and and like trace yeah. it from there. And then then. Uh-huh. Once you have the plane built, it's like how do you unfold it to get it to a PDF-like yeah. form? And I, and I think the CAD stuff is more complicated for sure. So if if someone wanted to start totally fresh, I would probably encourage more like the Ink, Inkscape side where it's a free program. And it, it makes more sense, at least up front, um, on how to draw the lines because you're not dealing with, with a 3D model, which makes things way more complicated right out the door, right? But if you're yeah. going to really want to learn it, I, I would probably suggest going that route from the beginning if, if you really wanted to get into it because where I'm at now, I know I'm handicapped basically without without the CAD experience. So I would right. say, you know, go that route. And, and like you said, there are some resources with SketchUp. And I think Flight Test has the articles or even on YouTube, you could Google it, um, you know, Dollar Tree, you know, SketchUp, wherever you probably find it. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's a good, definitely a good route to go. To, to get that you know basics and everything, but I think I think if you're at the point where you want to do your own design, where you're kind of where I was, where you know you can fly and you can build, but you want that next challenge, I think the best thing you can do is really tweak a known design. Right? I see a lot of people who go from yeah I built a Spitfire to I want to design my own plane, and that's great and that's awesome, and, and I'm not going to discourage you to do you know not do that, but I think. Um, you'll learn more and, and 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 progress faster if you try to understand what each thing, each change you can do, each aspect of the plane does before you try to do your own design. Because if you do your own design and just totally fails, you don't have any basis to fix it. Right? You don't you don't know what why it failed at that point. Right. And so, you know, t- taking a known design that works and and just tweaking things you you'll understand how you know how the plane actually responds to these different changes and that'll give you the the basis that foundation you need when you look at a, a totally new design and say okay here's here's why I need to do this or here's why I need to make this adjustment to the tail feathers they need to be bigger or whatever i see that question asked a lot people oh my plane crashed i don't understand it i designed it and the tail feathers tiny there's no horizontal you know space or, or vertical space for for any support and 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 it's just a, such a basic thing that I think if you if you do that trial and error, um, you know, w- with a known design, you can figure that stuff out pretty easily. So, I, I would highly recommend going that route if you're 
you know, doing your first plane or whatever, um, uh, you know, to kind of tweak tweak something that that exists. It'll it'll it just it starts to make sense, and you can ask the right questions along the way that are that are meaningful questions, right? Um, yeah, and there's there's so many outlets for balsa kit plans, and I always thought, you know, early on in this hobby, why couldn't you just take a balsa plan and convert it to Dollar Tree foam? I did try it early on with a yeah. jet, but it, it didn't work. I kind of scratched it, and I hadn't tried it again till the se5 but i know exactly what you're saying because when i built that se5 and i had the motor straight um took mm-hmm. it up and and it just turned left and i could barely get it to turn right and uh you know i talked to guys at the club and you know i knew right away i needed to put some thrust angle in it you know how much i didn't know kept kept fooling around with it till i till mm-hmm. i basically got it but that's exactly yeah. what, what you're talking about you know you gotta you gotta mess around with this stuff and it's so easy to do because dollar tree foam is cheap <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's really just the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to and that's that's the other thing too is like there's you know, I'll be the the last one to tell you this is a uh I don't, what's the best way to put this? This is a huge time commitment. Like doing yeah. design work um to the point where I'm at now has taken years, right? I I do this almost every day. This is what I do for fun. Like this is my free time in the evening or whatever. I'll sit down and, and pluck away at the designs and stuff, but so so at this point I can plug out a plane pretty quickly, but that's in reality, you know, the actual time it takes for the whole process is is weeks, right? It's it's mm-hmm. maybe hundreds of hours between the the designing the plane, between testing it, redesigning it. Um, if, if you're going to produce any kind of video or, or build instructions like those, right. the, the build piece in itself, like I could have 20, 30 hours into the design and then yeah. I shoot – 15 hours of build video material that I have to then edit. Right. right. And, and it's just, it's a huge time commitment. So doing the design stuff while I love it and it's rewarding, it's, it is very time consuming. So if, if yeah. you're, if you're wanting to get into this, like just know that up front, <laughs> there is no quick answer. There's no quick process. There is no quick anything, right? It's you've trial and error, figuring it out and, and kind of plugging through it. And, and you got to have that passion for it. Otherwise it's, it's just work. And then, you know, what are you doing it for? So I have to give like mad props to guys that like yourself that can actually record the video and, and get the build video together. I, I watch a couple of series on YouTube and just knowing what goes into, you know, a 20 minute show. It's like you could have two nights worth of work going into, yeah. you know, people don't realize any kind of editing that goes on. It, it just then, you know, you got graphics and, you know, your content. And if you screwed up on the audio, you have to redo it. I mean, it's just yeah. so much that goes into it man yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot yeah and you don't have to do a video right you could just do build pictures or whatever but even then the instructions everything is it's yeah, complicated right up everything it's, yeah yeah it's complicated it takes me that's, forever I mean, just to get an article together on i know right to, just an article <laughs> just an you article. already have all the information right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it takes me forever just to even think about doing an article <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, all right, let's see um so i mean when you take a plane you know you're like okay i want to do the chipmunk you know, I understand. Like now, you you basically you can just kind of visualize how it would convert into a Dollar Tree foam board, and you use Illustrator and you just kind of draw it out, right? How do you pick your planes? Like, is it just like, <laughs> oh, cool, that's a cool. No, plane. That's, that's a great. That's one. a great question. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question, and I and I, I'm glad you asked it because there's actually I've, I have hopefully a good answer, or at least a meaningful answer to me. Okay. Um, so so when I when I first started designing, and I've kind of stuck to this to this point. I don't want to design something that there's already a bunch of options for. Okay. So as an example, the the P fifty one is like the most popular airplane. 
you know, model, everything, right? I right. mean, every, every company makes one. Yeah. There's multiple foam options. So I probably will never design one. Um, I'm not going on the record saying I won't, but I probably won't because mm -hmm. there's so many other options already. Like, why would I design one when you already have good options, right? So uh, unless I really love the airplane and there happens to be multiple options and I probably won't design it, like the Corsair I love, and I've been working on it for a long time. I will release that one, even though it's Ooh. popular in a lot of them. But, sure. but yes, yeah, so, so I, I try to pick an airplane that's not as common. And when I say not as common, I mean maybe it's not well known in general, like yeah. in the aircraft world, or maybe it's just not one that has a foam option, a good foam option at that. Um, okay. Because there's a lot of a lot of models that you can go scratch build from Balsa or whatever, but there may not be a Dollar Tree foam board equivalent. Right. Um, and, and so so that in itself is kind of a challenge, right, to get a good model there. But so I try to pick something that's not super, you know, saturated at this point. And then after that, really, what I'm looking for is two things. It's got to look cool, right? It can't be, <laughs> and not that airplanes look bad or anything, but some just don't look that cool. <laughs> um, right. And two, uh, up front, I want to know that it's going to make a good model. There's a lot of airplanes that look really cool and maybe aren't popular, but I, I'm not going to design because they're probably going to fly like garbage, right? And, and the shuttle is kind of an exception here because I'm expecting it to not fly very well, but I'm tr I'm going to try to make it fly well, even if I have to change the design a little bit so it's not super scale because it's a, not a very common airplane. I think it's really cool, yeah. But it's it this is the only one that's broken my rule so far. I probably it's probably not going to be the best flying airplane ever, but we'll we'll figure that out. But I, I try to look at the plane. You know, up front to say, okay, do I think this would work um, as a model? Would it fly well? Would it have good slow flight characteristics? You know, or what kind of characteristics will it have? And do I want to capture that, you know, up front? So, so I try to design planes that I think, you know, have that. And 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 just a rule of thumb: this isn't always true, or this isn't something that you can always go off of. But here's kind of what I look at up front: is how what's the wingspan compared to fuselage length? How far does the wing sit back on the nose? Mm -hmm. This is important because of balancing. Um, our, our models are hard to balance depending on how the wing sits on, on the fuselage. And right. then two, what's the distance between the trailing edge of the wing and the leading edge of the horizontal stabilizer? The shorter this distance on the design, the more touchy the plane is going to be, the less stable it's going to feel, um, the more sensitive it is to weight, the more sensitive it is to CG, the more sensitive it is to speed. All those things get impacted when that sh um, the horizontal stabilizer is close to the wing, essentially. Th those are the three things I kind of look at to say, is the plane going to be a good flyer? Is it going to be stable in the air? Will it balance properly? And, and ultimately, you know, can I, can I get some good, you know, characteristics out of it? Once the plane meets that kind of criteria, then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of dig in. And that's where I said I have, you know, 40 plus designs in the works mm -hmm. of planes that I think kind of meet that criteria where they'll make good models. They look cool and they're not very popular at this point. So, so, you know, my option that I produce, maybe the only one ever for Dollar Tree foam, I don't know. And, and, you know, that's, I like that. I like that idea that it's not super saturated. So. Nice. So let me ask a follow-up question to that. Is there a plane that you really, really want to want to do, and uh, you haven't done yet? You're dying to dying to design and do it, um, or do you not want to? There's a couple. <laughs> no, there's a couple. I, I really want to do more jets, and I yes. like the jets. Nice. I like the jets that don't look like jets, I guess. And, and this is partially because, again, most jets don't fly very well when you're talking about model size and speed. Yeah. Um, so, so I probably won't ever do, you know, like like a. Uh, an f5 or something because that plane doesn't fly very well <laughs> um but but something like uh like the l39 that's what i'm really excited about that i'm working on right now 
Um, that yes. plane has like normal wings, right? It looks like a, a, a normal airplane wing. It doesn't have some swept, you know, right. crazy small air, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, wingspan. So, so it's going to fly decent, right? And I know other models exist for that plane and it flies pretty good. So that's one that I'm working on, um, that, that I'm excited about. Um, the, uh, a six intruder. I don't know if you guys have seen that one before or, or heard of it. Um, that's a really cool plane that I, I'm excited about that has, again, you know, like a normal type wingspan. It looks like it has the normal shape of a, of a, of a, you know, warbird or whatever. So I know it's going to, it's going to handle well and it looks cool. Okay. Another jet that I'm working on right now that I think will fly pretty good is the F-86. Those are the three that, that I have most, mostly designed at this point. There's a couple that I'm working on, but they're not, they're not to the point where I can really say they're, um, yeah. they're anything yet. <laughs> Any any plans of redoing the A ten? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna do a V two, and it'll be um, for two reasons. One, I want to address some of the design, you know, just changes I've implemented at this point or techniques that I've added that yeah. are better. And then two, I'm gonna make it ready for the kit. So the it, when when I release V two, it'll have you know a, a kit option as well. So with with um, any design, not any design, most designs they're not ready to be turned into a laser kit. Mm-hmm. By default, there's a lot of tweaks you have to do, maybe sizing changes because of the way a kit goes together or the way it fits in the box or whatever. Sure. There's a lot of additional things you have to account for mm-hmm. that I'll have to kind of you know play with. So, so there may be some changes to make it kit kitable. <laughs> right. Well, let me know when that comes out because I'm dying to get an A10 flying. And you I try. You will know. You will know. <laughs> I think at this point, uh, even though it wasn't the most built model that I've ever designed, it it is the most popular. More people talk about it, ask about it, and it has you know the the big biggest following so far. So I think I think that one will be good to to you know to do the version two and kind of give it some new shine. So yeah, definitely. Steve wants to justify the scars he has on his hands from trying to get <laughs> the one trying he has to together. The cells and try to get the EDF scar. <laughs> oh, I got. I mean, my, my I don't have any scars on my head, but I took a big chunk of my skin off because I got hot glue all over my hand, and I was just like, "Uh, it's hot, it's hot." I'm just gonna what do, I do? I'm just gonna peel <laughs> it off, and off came with my skin. So your skin came off too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, so right now it's it's sitting there, wing, fuselage, uh, tail. No, no engines, no nacelles. Is this a uh, like a free wing one or something, or what is this? No, this is your design version one. Oh, you t- this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm asking. I, I, you know, it's gonna that's be built so awesome. because I need to know how to how to get those motors mounted without burning my hands. And <laughs> yeah. awesome, okay. But um, yeah, I'll talk. Maybe you can send me some pictures of how you did yours or a finished version of specific parts that I, I have questions about. So Yeah, we, we can chat about that. <laughs> awesome. That L-39 is an interesting plane, man. I, I'd love to see how... Now, are you going to do the yeah. wingtip, uh, whatever they are on the wingtips? Oh, yeah. Those that? little weights? Yeah, uh, not weights. So, but... so all the ones that I mentioned there will be using my new design technique. So so once I, I work out the kinks there, those will be ones that I release with that technique. So it'll be totally scale, all the bells and whistles. It's going to look sweet. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. a cool plane. And that's awesome that you do stuff. You know, like you said, everybody can go out and buy a Mustang, and probably everybody has a Mustang somewhere. Mm-hmm. I have, like, three of them. Four of them? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, think. it's a great plane. It's a great plane. I just I don't want to spend the time designing it when it's already, you know, targeting yeah. things. But... I have a foam one that I bought and uh, three different ones that I've made out of Dollar Tree foam, like a small, medium, and large. 
<laughs> right. But yeah, that's that's great, man. Can't wait for the for the and Jets. That's another thing that people I think are. Oh, I'm big into Jets. Are dying I'm... for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Steve it's a new, new challenge, really. Yeah. Steve has an idea. He wants to take uh, um, a six S set up and put it in the Viggen. And uh, I'm curious to see how that does. Yeah, I want to double up the wing, and then I, I'm curious with you know all, the building technique you have about you know the leading edges or the trailing edges to be, uh, you know, basically coming to a point. I, I want to do that. Like I want, I wanted to do something like that. Because I need, I know that if I do a Viggen with a you know a little bit heavier motor, but having a lot more thrust, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to support the wings more. And oh yeah, I was gonna double up the foam. But I was just going to double up and it's going to be a square leading edge, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. It would be a square trailing edge. Like it wouldn't be anything, you know, as, as far as aerodynamics, it would be very you know, inefficient. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's something like doing what you do or you kind of maybe, maybe even if it is a, a two layer, just fold over the two layers and maybe put like a, a wooden spar or a carbon spar in there. Yeah. And then, and then you know, and then but didn't use your techniques on like kind of, Taking the edges and just you know smoothing them out better, like you know making them come to a uh, you know a little pin, not a pin, but a, a little yeah. flat edge, you know, not a flat edge, but a little point. That's what I mean. Right, right. Yeah, yeah no, it would it would work. I think I, I know there was someone a while back who who did that. Um, they they beefed up the Vigan and you know made it go 100 miles an hour, or whatever. It's pretty sweet. So I think you could you could definitely you know make those changes and, and get a good flying plane. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely want to give that a try. Now I gotta order some some EDFs and get that going. If anyone has any questions, you know about what we talked about, you know you can you can email any of us or whatever. We can figure it out. But yeah, I, I love love to uh, help help out. So, so uh, I mean, I, I finally got to meet you in person at Fly Fest. What was your what was your experience at Fly Fest? You know. Yeah, it was uh, that was my second year going. I've I've been only to um, the Flight Fest events, so I've never gone to like Null or anything like that. Oh, wow. Just okay. these two, so mm-hmm. so I don't really have a, a good gauge. But I, I mean, I, I loved it. I think each year it's gotten bigger so far, and there's been yeah, you know, more stuff going on. It's been a lot of fun. I really like to see just all the new pilots, um, it, it, you know, building their plane for the first time, you're sitting at the build tent and there's, you see a, a family with, you know, mom and dad helping, helping son or daughter, right. Building some tiny train or, um, uh, uh, you know, flyer or whatever, FT flyer or mm-hmm. something. It's just cool to see, you know, you, you don't get to see that in your everyday life. Even when I go to the field or whatever, I, I don't, you don't get to participate in that experience with everyone else. Um, so right. it's, it's cool to see that dynamic at the event. Um, I just love to see what everyone builds too. The first flight fest, they I think there was only like one big build, and it was it was um, that big. I think it was a nutball or or maybe a, a FT flyer or something. I can't remember what it was, but um, yeah, there was a know, big FT flyer. Yeah, they went and they bought the materials themselves and did it, and then yep. you know flight test is like, hey, we should we should supply you know foam and glue and all this stuff. So now it's kind of this thing where you you expect to see these big builds, right? And it, it's super cool to see. Just people's ideas. Some come there with no plan. They just, we'll just figure it out, right? We'll just hack something together. Yeah. Well, other people came with pre pre plans, and they had you know hundred hundred inch span planes already already planned out. And so the quality of the large planes this year was was pretty cool to see. Um, you know what people came up with and how quickly they could throw it together. There was there was a large B seventeen. There was a yeah. large yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw that one or not. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, 
local fiend from the forums had his large uh, like hundred inch Catalina that was super cool, yeah. flew really nice, beautiful plane, right? And you you never would have expected him to have built that in like three days or whatever. So so it's really cool just to see all that stuff. And and I, I love flying, so getting to fly with a lot of people and, and meet you know you and and, and just yeah. everyone that you talk to on the forums and and everyone's so happy and nice. So I I really love the event. Yeah. Um, you know, can't wait to go back next year for sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I, I met you for the first time in 15, and I think you had just gotten there, and it was like you had been up 24 <laughs> hours trying to get there or something. Yeah. It had that blank stare. You were like, yeah, man, I've been <laughs> up. Like, it's nice to meet you, but yeah. I've been up, and i got to work on a f- couple of things. And yeah, so right like, <laughs> yeah, right. Huh. Yeah, I think I shook your hand real quick this year, but we were we were so busy. We were, we were right outside uh, Build 10-3 where the guys were building that Catalina. Mm-hmm. So we got yeah, to watch nice. that go together. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Let's go into news. I see we have a to- uh we have something here. Yeah, I shocked you with this topic. <laughs> Is this for real? I actually knew about this one. Yeah, I knew about this one too. Yeah, Peter Peter is Peter's leaving Flight Fest or Flight Test. Um Peter Schupel? Yeah. He's leaving? No. I so I I got this uh, sit and talk with him during the event. He um he was working with his parents and, and their food truck. I don't know if you saw the Thai place mm-hmm. there, but that yeah, was that was we the got family to enjoy food the food. Yeah, yeah. He was out. He was just sitting there, and I was like, "What are you doing, man?" I didn't I didn't know at the time right that it was his family's truck or whatever. And so I sat down. We chatted for like twenty minutes, and yeah, he told me he was, you know, basically going to be doing part time stuff. He's going to he's moving back to live with his family and work with them on you know on the restaurant that they have. And he was. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. This I don't know if it happened real quick. He didn't he didn't give me the details or, mm-hmm. or how you know soon it was, but. He seemed bummed for sure. I mean, he he's that crazy mastermind behind a lot of these designs. Yeah. So, um, he, yeah, uh, I really wanted to get him on a, on the show too because the, the designs be, he makes is awesome. It's amazing, you know. Ah, uh, that's a that's a shame. I'm you know I'm kind of bummed to hear that. Wow. Yeah, he made a he made a post on Facebook, the Facebook fans group um, as well, just kind of letting everyone know. I think just today or yesterday he made the post, oh, okay. um, kind of giving everyone the heads up. So it's it's official at this point um that he's you know he's leaving and and i I don't know if he's going to stay in rc but he has a pretty sweet youtube channel i don't don't know if you guys have seen it or not but he Mm -hmm. does he made like this like a a firework gun out of this flare pistol that's super sweet and and he just makes these crazy stuff so his planes are awesome and 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 his his ideas are you know off the wall and now he's kind of doing that with just everything just random stuff um so i I think it'll be cool to follow and kind of see where he where he lands and what he does next Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I hope he does stay in the in the RC family. You know, just I think it's you know it's a big loss to the community if he doesn't yeah, do definitely. RC. But um, yeah. you know, best of luck to him and and everything for his future. I mean, he's he's still got a lot of lot of things ahead of him and a lot of changes and stuff. So yeah, yeah definitely. All right. On that note, what's next for you in the hobby? <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. What's Nick? Go for it. Sure. Yeah. What, what's next? Um, well, I think uh, I'm I'm kind of at a at a crossroads where I'm I'm trying to move in the direction of of um, you know offer offer the more you know professional kits and everything as as an actual you know product. So I'm I'm hoping to move in that direction. Um, I, I've like cool. I said earlier, I've, I've worked with Laser Toys now to kind of develop the first kit, and so I'd like to see where that goes. I mean, I ultimately. 
know, this is a hobby. This is a passion. I don't make any real money at it at all. Um, it's just something I enjoy to do. But it would be really cool to be able to kind of get involved, um, you know, more so on the on the business side and see if this can actually turn into something that's um, sustainable. I don't know. That would be awesome. But nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep doing what I love. So whatever yeah. happens doesn't matter. I mean, I I love flying. I love you know, developing stuff. So mm-hmm. that's going to keep, keep me there. But yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where, where that takes me for now. Nice dude. We'll be watching. Yeah, definitely. Watching, asking questions. I, I just looked <laughs> up the, your kit. Yeah. I do see it. it's on pre-order here on laser toys. Yeah. Dan is a great guy. Dan from laser toys. Mm-hmm. Met him mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. He's just yeah, real nice guy. Fantastic. Definitely. Guy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Kevin. More Piro flips. That's what's next for me in the hobby. Exclamation point. Drop the mic, right? Point. <laughs> Just drop the mic. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I'm from the stage dive era, dude. But I'm not from the drop the mic era. So so you're the one where you, you take your guitar and you smash it against your amp and you smash it against the drums and then you walk off stage? No. Stage dive, <laughs> uh-huh. dude. Into the crowd. Like, I just jump out into the crowd. With your guitar? No, I throw the guitar. To, oh, dude, it's a long story. I'll tell you sometime. If you uh, explain it, it's not cool. No, you just got to do it. Yeah. Well, the story is really cool if that goes along with it because I actually did do that once. Um, but I'll save that for another episode. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> What's next um, for you, Steve? I just want to keep on flying. I, I want to. I, I got I, I to break Kevin's fingers and I got to go fly <laughs> heli so I could not fall behind him. He's catching up too quick to me. Oh, oh, Kevin, you still here? Yeah. <laughs> still here. Well, yeah, I um, can't fly backwards I'm... yet, so you're still ahead of me there. Yeah, but I can't fly forwards anymore. <laughs> or barely. I can barely fly forwards, I should say. You know, um, you know what I'm going to be doing is all, I noticed that all my moves are kind of all my helicopter tricks or, you know, acrobatic stuff that I do is all kind of to the right, always going kind of from left to right. Yeah. I'm going to try doing everything flipped the other way. Yep. So next time I go to the field, I'm going to do my loops right to left and, you know, do just, you know, all that stuff. My circuit, I want to now put my circuits on my left side and not my right side. And then mm-hmm. that way I can hopefully learn to transition my circuits into figure eights to like upright hurricane to inverted hurricane and back to upright and all that type of fun heli nonsense and confusion so yeah i'm just gonna i want to go fly uh oh i am working on a charging case my i guess quote-unquote version two my version one was very short-lived because i ended up getting a brand new power supply uh not power supply a brand new charger you know like a week after i kind of got the top case done for the version one but um I, I've gotten all the acrylic I needed. I started getting all my logos that I want to have on the case, on the top case. Started cutting, cutting those out and, and etching those into clear acrylic. I'm going to have a top case that's black acrylic. And then, you know, and then have the acrylic kind of like cut out and, and then shine through with some LEDs. So I, I have a... Yeah, you posted some pictures, man. That looked awesome. Yeah. You were firing yep. the laser. I was firing up the laser. <laughs> yeah. great, man. I felt I was firing up the laser and I was also getting a headache and probably getting a little high. I probably shouldn't sit in that room <laughs> while that acrylic plastic is burning. But um, no, yeah, you know, <laughs> definitely not. Dude, you work yeah. in Brooklyn. You get high taking the train out there, just breathing the air, dude. 
That's true. <laughs> and and other things as I walk through the streets. <laughs> yeah. Other burning things. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm going to be at. Charging case, finish off the uh, FT Sparrow because I want to have that little plane ready to go. When uh, Chloe gets back um, from her summer trip, I want to make sure uh, if that's flying good, I want to build her one and, you know, we'll go fly some sparrows together. And, yeah, that's about it. So, dude, I I know Nick says he's got to get out of here, so I just wanted to tell him thanks for coming on the show, Nick. It was great having you on. I can't wait to sit and uh, check out the models that you've come up with, and uh, I'll probably pick one up here or there man i'm i'm really interested in that l39 man that's that's a cool jet man a 10 a 10 a 10 i mean I'm, i might pick up this uh the chipmunk or at least get the plans and and go through your um the build but uh because i, I do like when i saw that at fly fest i was amazed how smooth how it right. flew on like it flew right, on rails yeah. It was super quick. It had a great sound to it. Like everything about it was not traditional to a foam Dollar Tree foam board plane, you know. So I, I probably will try one of these and try to learn your uh, your your specific building techniques and stuff, um, so I can apply it to you know some other custom builds I want to do. So yeah, definitely. And then and then hopefully by then I'll finish this off, and then you'll have the A10 V2 <laughs> ready. Hit, hit, nudge, nudge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I really love the A10. I really love that the way that looks and the way you know, just the two uh, EDFs in the back. I just I love that. I want I want to get one, and I'm almost you know like okay, maybe I'll just drop three four hundred bucks and buy a free wing version or whatever you know, like a um, right. EPP or EPO foam version. I'm just like, but yeah, I'm cheap. I spend all my money on helicopters. I don't have money for planes. I need. <laughs> Gotta build it. I have two 68 millimeter EDS ready to go. You know, I could just kind of yeah. modify it and put that in there. But um, yeah, no rush. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. No, you, you got it, man. And, <laughs> yeah, th- thanks so much, guys, for having yeah, me on. Thank it. you. Appreciate it. Love the love chat with you guys, and hopefully, uh, listeners got some out of it. So um, I know I did. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Usually at the end, we we kind of give information for contact uh, contact information sure. I, I know you got to run so if you want to just kind of throw your contact information here now for yeah running. yeah you can um mm-hmm. so i my, i have a website right nerdnick.com you can go there and i have a contact and an email and everything listed you can you can uh, message me there or i'm on i'm on facebook i'm on instagram under under nerdnick and then um on the forums as well so yeah and that is nerdnick n-e-r-d-n-i-c it's yes. with the k Kevin, okay. Nice. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to suggest you spelt it. Awesome. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> um, you, you can go to lasertoys.com, and you'll see on the, on the categories on the left side, you'll see on the bottom one, Nerdnik Planes. Uh, it's lasertoys, so L-A-Z-E-R-T-O-Y-Z.com, and you can see his pre-order for his NN Chipmunk kit. It's priced, it's priced pretty fair, 39 bucks. It's not bad at all. Nice. Yeah. And it's, it's, it seems like it has everything you need um, except for your power pack system. Yeah, go ahead. And, and yeah, you should be good to go. It's three sheets of Dollar Tree, huh? Yep, yeah, three nice. sheets. Nice. Cool. All right. So, cool, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show, and we'll definitely talk a time. Yeah. Let's <laughs> have a good one. All right, take care. All right, take care. Bye. <laughs> All right.
All right, uh, enough of this silliness here. Listen, you know, uh, when I'm out on the street, you know, uh, people always come up to me and they say, Hey, Arnold, yeah, get to the chopper. Yeah, you know, like I haven't heard that like a million times. So listen, you know, if you want to see all the helicopters, you can go to this uh, little thing up in uh, Rochester, New York. It's uh, the Rochester Aero Modeling Society or RAMS. Yeah, you know, if you, if you change those letters around, it spells Mars. And uh, I was going to tell you something about that, but uh, I can't recall. <laughs> yeah, you get it, right? Yeah, shut up, you idiot. Listen to me. It's three-day helicopter event. In, uh, it's the largest in uh, the Northeast in September around Labor Day. You know, labor yourself up there and go check out some of these pilots, you know. It's the home uh, field of, you know, Mr. Chris Rybert and uh, the other guy, you know, that uh, the Kyle guy, you know, the guy that flies uh, pretty good. Yeah, you know, and it's grown, you know, over the last uh, couple of years. They've had, like, over a hundred helicopter pilots and, uh, like, a thousand spectators you know but it's not the t-1000 so you know you don't have to worry about it reacquiring you there so you know it's labor day weekend it's september it's friday saturday and sunday what did you think it was going to be on a tuesday so just go up there you know and if you miss this one i'm gonna show up at your flying field and i'm gonna poke your eyes out with my stogie you idiot all right so uh yeah let's wrap it up kevin yeah man so Podbean is still giving me nothing as far as geography. I don't know if it's just slow, but uh, I saw that in the world, in the world, uh, I saw that it said <laughs> other was like 61. I don't know. I don't know about this Podbean and its reporting and how great it is. So Yeah, I don't think they have the best analytics. I think I might have to start dropping that. But I did see um, some Podbean people that started following us. I'll talk about them in a little bit. All right. So let's go over some Facebook likes. We have a total of 250 now. Nice. All right. So it's a small increase, uh, four from last week uh, or so. Dude, I can still remember when we were like, hey. We have 10. No. 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. So we have Samuel Mass, Bob Leslie McCarthy. Oh, boy. This one's going to be an interesting one. I apologize in advance. But I think it's pronounced Yelen Myanmar. Yeah, it I think. Good. Okay. All right. And there's supposed to be a fourth one, but I don't know. Facebook's not showing me it, so it is what it is. Uh, maybe I'll see it for next week's episode. Uh, let's see. Next, we got some Facebook comments. Yeah, I went through uh, some of the comments that I wanted to go through from last time about Flight Fest and mm-hmm. all the all the guys. I just thanks to everybody that commented. I kind of got a short list, and uh, I just wanted to just give these guys a shout out because they're guys that comment frequently. Um, yeah, Chris Breams, he's always commenting and always, always. posting, and uh, I can't wait to meet him in September face to face. Yeah, say hi on the ninety four inch SE five. He said. Uh, he, he commented a lot, but he was like, I've, I've been waiting for this, and I hope he makes it on a flight test episode. Yeah, that'd be cool, because they were out there shooting when Josh and I were out there. So that might happen. Steve Kashmir uh-huh. said he's clapping from way up here in Detroit. Fantastic flying machine. Russ Cox, nice. my buddy Russ Crocs. Russ Crocs. <laughs> Crocs. I wonder if he wears those. Uh, Russ Cox in Crocs said, uh, <laughs> excellent job. Nice. Um, for once, I'm cracking him up. <laughs> um, 
Kenneth Maine said, beautiful. I hope he has a spotter. Lots of air traffic up there. Makes me nervous just to watch. Yeah. We had like two or three spotters pretty much every time you took that up. But with that 22-inch prop, I think I would have chewed through a couple of things. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> would have done some damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your Goblin 380, dude, and uh, the uh, kick-ass canopy and boom color that you went with, uh, Frank Moradello said, Brother, I love the color of your Goblin. That is the color of my alma mater. Go nice. Canes. Okay. Um, I'm guessing it's a local team. Yeah. And Desk Pilot said that is a kick-looking 380 Cano. I think he meant that is a kick-ass-looking yeah. 380 Cano. So I'm just going to insert nice. that. I'm just going to insert ass where I <laughs> like to put it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't say it the other way. I didn't say I'm going to insert something in ass. I said <laughs> I'm just going to insert ass yeah, into that sentence. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, boy. And you posted a picture of uh, Rick's Protoss 380. Yeah. That thing's uh, pretty nice. Which you did get a chance to fly. Yes. I'll go into that. I'll go into that a little after you say the comments here. Uh, Ed Johnson said it looks very nice. Um, and Desk Pilot said, hope to hear about it on the podcast. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, so one of the things I posted was like, oh, uh, I made it as a joke. I don't know if people took it as a joke, but I was like, yeah, and I had an awesome flight for one minute. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> but oh, no, I that, saw that. And I was like, yeah. well, what did he get, like half a battery? I was like. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it was. So basically, oh. uh, Rick did, uh, he, he flew for a little bit, and he landed, and he's like, quoting <laughs> this statement, you want to take a pull on it? For and then he's then he's like for a minute and I'm like, uh yeah sure you know, um I gotta say the the Proto 380 felt real nice to fly, um I'm I'm not in any favor of the Jetty radio, um especially Rick's for some reason he has a little bit of a ratchet feeling in the middle of the your throttle, oh really? so like you know when you're because and and you know when you're flying a heli. If, especially when you're taking it easy, you're pretty much around that mid-stick area the most. Well, the key words there being taking it easy. Yeah, taking it easy. I mean, when you're not smacking the sticks around, you know. Yeah, so when I'm, you know, when, when I'm trying to just kind of fly around and you know, I was doing some tail-down funnels with it, 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 it was kind of weird with that ratchet. I feel like I couldn't get really precise where I wanted to be with the, the throttle. Um, I know it's just something Rick's like, I, I'm, I'm trying to adjust it. I'm trying to get it out. But, uh, yeah, that, that kind of like – if it was on a V-Control, I think I'd probably like go out and buy one of these helis. I mean I, I really enjoyed it that much. Um, oh, wow. You know, it's only a minute flight. It felt good. It felt smooth. Um, the only other thing that um, Rick had on – and this was a bass tune. Like he didn't do anything. He tuned the, uh, the mini icon on it or mini brain by just doing like – Extreme 3D and leaving everything the way it was. The cyclic rate was incredibly fast. I mean, it felt like a 120 on a V bar or V controller or a little bit faster. Um, a little more of the agility or rates being, you know, cranked up. Wow. But the tail was really slow. So it was hard for me to do anything coordinated. So doing the funnels, you know, where you have to coordinate, you know, using your tail, moving the tail while you're giving right aileron or whatever, or left aileron. Um, that was a little bit like, ooh, 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 I can't keep the tail like where I want it to be because I'm either moving, the, you know, cyclic too much or I'm not moving the tail enough, you know, and that's, but that's just the radio, right? That's just the transmitter and the setup. The heli itself, 
uh, felt real nice. Um, with his radio, I did um, I did have a pretty hard landing, I'll say, <laughs> on it. Um, so okay. sorry, Rick. Uh, you know, since, since I think uh, that was like the third flight. Yeah, I, I you know I couldn't figure out where throttle hold was. Like I knew which switch it was, but I couldn't feel for it, and it was hard to, for me to click it. So I kind of clicked it while I pull. I, I did what Nick did with with my heli. You know, when he had throttle hold with his right hand, he pulled back a little. Um, his throttle holds on the left hand, which I'm totally not used to. So I hit throttle oh. hold and I, and, and I pulled a little negative on the click. So it came down pretty quick, and I kind of flared it up at the last second, and it kind of you know had little gears. It bounced a little. But it didn't tip over. Nothing broke. You know, it was all good. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I did get a chance to fly it. Um, you know, Death Pilot did ask if I were if I was gonna get one. You know, and the answer is pretty much no, because I have a Goblin 380, and in that size, I don't need another 380 size heli. But I am really hard considering either the Logo 690. It's up between that or the um, Protos Max V2. So um, okay. I am leaning towards the Max a little, but uh, Anthony's Hobby Shop is making a pretty good deal on on a used one. So nice. the logo 690, it might be. I don't know. We'll see. You know, it's just still up in the air. Um, one thing I'll mention. <laughs> uh, hopefully my girl doesn't listen to our podcast <laughs> is uh she, i was at the field on sunday and she calls me you know she's uh and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna be heading out soon you know and she's like oh i got another job interview and i was like yeah awesome you're gonna buy me a helicopter when you get a job she's like well if i get a job before your birthday which is in two weeks now you know yeah i'll get you a heli oh jeez. so i'm like anthony you heard this right. You're my witness. <laughs> oh, God. So oh, I mean, man. so I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna have her spend a lot of money, but you know, I told her I was like, well, you know, Anthony's selling a six ninety, you know, for this price. Um, she's like, okay. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. But I, I am, I am very interested in buying another seven hundred size heli. Um, if I do buy another seven hundred, the airframe for my five seventy will definitely go up for sale. Um, I just, oh, no. I don't need a, I don't need a middle if I'm going to have a lot of small and a lot of big, you know, I, Jeez. you know, and now that I have the room in the car, like with the new car, I just, space is not an issue. And that was the original reason why I bought a 570 is to have something that can easily transport and be in the middle between the 700 and the 380. But, um, yeah, at this point, I think having two 700s, maybe three in the, you know, before the end of the year or by next, uh. Wait a minute, three? Well, yeah, I'm thinking about if I get the 690, I'll still want to buy Max V2. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> but, but that'll be later. That'll be like a winter project. You know, that's 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 much, much later. So, um, you I'd know, ask pat- if your job was hiring, but I don't want to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> no, it's more more of a, a, you know, a tax refund thing. Okay. So, like, when February you know, comes around and I get my, my little lump sum of overpaid taxes, I will have some extra funds to to throw into the hobby so let's continue on the facebook comments i just wanted to ask you did you fly any of rick's other uh protos models or yeah else I, on I, the... I flew his uh, his protos max twice is that the way you threw you flew it on the jetty i flew it on the jetty and I, I i i don't want to say hate it's a strong word but i very dislike jetty radio i don't know what's about it 
Um, maybe because I'm so used to the Spectrum and V control now. And Spectrum V control, the gimbals feel very similar. You know, you've you've uh, yeah, yeah. you've held my radio. It's it's you know, it's very similar gimbals, very similar layout. The Jetty is the layout is just kind of wacky in my opinion. Um, one of the also things it's probably just Rick's radio specifically is he has these switch covers that are like big metal switch covers. Okay. And I don't I don't like that. I like to put my fingers between the switches so I'm I'm in contact with them at all times and I can click them when I need to um, without moving my hand too much. This this one, you know, like because the way it is I have to kind of like take my hand out of the position and then click on it. You know, and I don't have really big hands so it doesn't, you know, like it doesn't really fit me ergonomically right. So, um You have small hands like Donald Trump? Does Donald Trump have small hands? Yeah. I don't know. You haven't seen no. his hands? No, uh, China, China, China. No. A- anyways, dude, <laughs> I was just gonna say um, that it did the larger helis or the other helis that you flew were they set up uh-huh. similar? I mean, is that just how he flies them with the the cyclic crazy and the the rudder not much or? Um, the cyclic wasn't as crazy on the protos, and it could be because of the sheer size of it. Just because yeah. you know, when you flew my goblin, flying a goblin and flying a three eighty, the three eighty feels a lot more agile. Um, the Goblin 700 seems more tame. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the cyclic, sure. you kind of have to kind of exaggerate your movements a little bit more. I think because of that, or because maybe it's just tuned different. Um, no, it wasn't that big of a problem. The tail being slow is just, I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of used to it because I've only recently been speeding up my tail. Yeah. Um, so that's not really that big of a deal. But yeah, when the cyclic is too twitchy or too touchy, that, that you know, it just, it, it makes you nervous, right? Because you can easily, like, go too far and then you have to correct and then you go too far correcting so that's just it's just a preference and i think if i were to you know have that heli on a neo tune the way i like it i'm sure it it would fly just like my 380 but lighter and fly just like you know like the protos max i know will fly like my uh my goblin 700 for the most part you know just kind of sound a little different and and have a little bit different disc loading yeah, but, yeah, I just I I love that size. I really do love the seven hundred size. Nice, but uh, yeah. So one more comment uh, was on Wayne's awesome picture of your five seventy that you're gonna sell inverted. <laughs> uh, Still never crashed in the yeah in the in the tall whatever that is grass bean field. I think you know, that's whatever. Like hay. I think that's the bottom of hay. Like you know they cut the hay down. I don't know. But yeah. it was it was Rich Diffin that said saw saw it live more than a few times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. Because that was the guy that was, yeah, he, he was camped right in front of the heli line. Yep. Uh, so thanks, guys, for all the posts, man, and all the comments, and uh, that's awesome, man. Sweet. I didn't check Thank the you. website to see if there was any comments from the website. I didn't. Did we, get, s- we get them via the yeah we the get email, them right on the Gmail yeah yeah I didn't I, we haven't gotten any in a while so. If you no. guys want to comment, we we did get some uh, emails from Javier, our friend. Oh right, yeah, but that's not like a through the website comment, right? Uh, Podbean people that have started following us: Super Beetle Josh and Heavy <laughs> nice Mid I Rotor, or Heavy Midi Rotor, or HVY Midi Rotor. I don't know. You okay. know who you are. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for following us. Yes. All right, uh, iTunes review. Hmm. I checked. There are none. 
All right. So drop us an iTunes review and we'll read it on the next episode. I want to read an iTunes review. Please, please leave us an iTunes review. If you don't use iTunes, leave us a Podbean review. I think they take reviews on Podbean too. So if you're Android or or you go directly to the website, uh, to Podbean's site to get our episodes, yeah, drop us a review. I'd appreciate it. We did get a Podbean review from an Android. It was all in ones and zeros. I couldn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> did it shut Jeez. Uh, oh, boy. All right. So email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Um, Javier emails us all the time. It's great. We yeah, like thank talk you. With them. Thank you, Javier. Besides that, we did also get another email from Tim Prigg, I think his name was. Yeah, did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I did, and I, 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 I responded to him. Um, he was one of the only guys at Flight Fest that I remember saying, where is this guy? I, I don't see him this year. And, uh, yeah, he sent me an email uh, or sent us an email, and I, I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of known him more than I think you, so. I, yeah, I responded to it, and I said, yeah, he's, he just said he couldn't make it out. He was from Maryland. We've seen him at Neff, seen him at Flight Fest. He's got two sons. Real hmm. nice guy. I mean, okay. everybody's, you know, great yeah. that I talk to. But, uh, yeah, he's a real cool guy. He um, he liked the paint that I was doing one year. He liked the tape that I was doing one year on the on the FT stuff. And we always get, you know, together and talk. So I'm glad he, you know, sent this email. Because at one point I did say to myself, Walking around Flight Fest, I was like, "Wait a minute, where is that Tim guy, man? That I've I haven't seen him yet." Well, maybe uh, we'll we'll, we'll bump we'll into him bump at the into next him. Yeah, awesome. All right, so Facebook page, facebook.com slash free podcast. Oh, I want to give a special thanks uh, to Mike Finley. You know the FT Community Cast, uh, Joe Cannon, all those guys, Patrick, uh, also. Chris Rocaglione, Wayne, Mike, um, Andre from the FT uh, After Hours. I just listened to the FT After Hours episode, the most recent one today. Um, they they gave a huge shout out. I mean, you know, uh, about yeah. you know about me, about you, about the podcast. So yeah, I just you know thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. You know, by my heart. Um, you know, we appreciate oh, mine too. Uh, well, I don't know. Is that how you feel? If this was video, you could see me shaking my head over here. I'm shaking it. Yes, yes, yes. yes the whole time okay. you're talking. Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the you know, you guys are the the epitome of, you know, this RC family and and you know, I feel like every time we, you know, we meet up or we talk, it's it's just like, you know, like it's been you know, like we were, like flight festivals just yesterday. So, um, I just want to thank them um, for the huge shout out on their podcast, I know. Uh, I know we're going to get together with uh, the like, FT Community Cast, yeah, mm-hmm. and hopefully yeah. do a podcast together because that'll be a lot of fun. And they yeah. they even said on the flight test after hours one, they were like, you know, we might we might have a few things slip out here or there, and I think Chris said that'll be on the after after hours podcast. Oh yeah, 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 right. But uh, our forum is uncensored, so it's pretty. Yeah, we are marked explicit, so no holds barred. Just yeah, if it comes it's, out. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's guys talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Kevin can do what he did with the last episode. Beep. Those yeah. beeps are loud. Yeah, I know, and I gotta tone <laughs> them down too. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Those beeps are loud. I'm like, oh, that's my ear. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, I guess I said a bad word. <laughs> yeah, you said the F word. Did I? Yeah, you said. I don't F, do that. You said F, that must suck. And I was like, oh, you were rhyming there. But oh. I figured the only reason I did that was because I figured, you know, we did a show about Flight Fest recap. Yes. And, you know, it might be some, some young guys and girls that listen to it. And I or, totally, you know. yep, I totally understand. So, all right. Uh, don't forget to check out our webpage, freefrcpodcast.com. Chris is always hooking up the content on there. We're giving him pictures, videos. I don't know if we, um, I don't know how much content we took at Flight Fest that's not on Facebook. But, um, you know, maybe we should uh, coordinate with Chris and, and see if we could pull those things off our devices, our phones, off the of next phone, and uh, get them up on our, on our Google Share so we could. Uh, yeah. Have those posted on our website too. Yeah. I think any of these big major events, you know, maybe not like NEF, but for something like you know Flight Fest, if we do Urcha, you know, Chris's event for sure. You know, we should definitely. I, I would like to have like an events page where we have a gallery um, for for all these events and pictures and memories that you know we can always look back to because I won't remember your name, but when I see your face, I will remember you. So, um, you know, so that will definitely be awesome. All right, we got the flight test forums. Say hello to Nick. It's Hi, located Nick. <laughs> off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, and then free for RC podcast right next to our friends at the uh, flight test community cast. So, from all of us at free for RC podcast, thanks for listening. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Laters? All of us. It's me and you, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I include Nick and Chris, too, because they are part of the crew. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Right? All of us, yeah. Yeah. What now? That Drop was... My... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay.